Good morning. It's November 29th. It is a genuinely wintry morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The second most prominent story on the front page of the New York Times is Debate on Fox Could Preview the 2028 Race, Newsom and DeSantis Get Ready to Spar, and just, we're going to take a dive into this in the actual newsletter today. But I'm genuinely incredulous about the series of decisions that put this on the front of the New York Times. It's a hype piece for a manufactured TV special. It has nothing to do with anything. And someone cut down a tree and ground it into pulp. And factory workers pulled a whole shift at the New York Times printing plant. Somebody put a rubber band around it and brought it to the door. All to tell me that Sean Hannity is hosting a TV special featuring two people who are currently looking at no plausible path toward becoming president of the United States. Just an incomprehensible waste of time and effort here. Next to it is a news analysis piece from Jerusalem. Longer truce poses benefits and pressures. Okay, sure it does. The decision by Israel and Hamas to extend their brief truce has created short-term benefits for both sides, but amplified uncertainty about how, when, and whether Israel will continue its invasion of the Gaza Strip. Yes, stopping the barrage on Gaza does, in fact, create a situation in which restarting the barrage might need to be justified or explained. Seems like a valid analysis of the news in the news analysis column, and at least it's more urgent than a TV guide blurb for Sean Hannity's 2028 election special. But still, there's some news news in the paper that seems like it might do better on the front. At the bottom of page A11 is the news that as the United Arab Emirates is preparing to host the United Nations Climate Summit, leaked documents show that the UAE is trying to use the summit as an attempt to expand fossil fuel production and consumption. In one example, the Times writes, the document offers guidance for Emirati climate officials to use meetings with Brazil's environment minister to enlist her help with a local petrochemical deal by the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, the Emirates' state-run oil and gas company known as ADNOC. The leaked material, the Times writes, provides indications, experts said, that the UAE is blurring the boundary between its powerful standing as host of the United Nations Climate Conference and UAE's position as one of the world's largest oil and gas exporters. It's great, obviously, to have whistleblower documents, but it's not clear that anyone really needs to invoke experts finding indications of a conflict between the United Arab Emirates' goals and the goal of not cooking the planet given, as we've talked about earlier on the podcast, that the person in charge of the summit, the president of the United Nations Climate Conference at the moment, is Sultan Al-Jabbar, whose day job is running that self-same state-run oil company, ADNOC. Seems like a pretty important story. Maybe the fact that getting the papers was a scoop by the Center for Climate Reporting and the BBC kept the Times from finding a way to put it on its own page one. Since the summit hasn't even started, there's plenty of time to catch up. On page A4... Leading the international section is a story about how American avocado consumption is causing runaway illegal deforestation in Mexico and the depletion of water reserves. The story notes, a combination of interests, including criminal gangs, landowners, corrupt local officials, and community leaders, are involved in clearing forests for avocado orchards, in some cases illegally seizing privately owned land. Virtually all the deforestation for avocados in the last two decades may have violated Mexican law, which prohibits land use change without government authorization. Later on, and in a sort of indirect and piecemeal manner, the story does work its way around to recognizing that the combination of interests behind this unfolding environmental catastrophe includes not just Mexican baddies like those criminal gangs and corrupt local officials, but the U.S. Department of Agriculture and major American avocado distributors. 
who have steadfastly declined to regulate, investigate, or care about the legality or the environmental consequences of the product being sold on the American market. In a statement to the Times, the distributor Fresh Del Monte said that Fresh Del Monte does not own farms in Mexico and relied on industry collaboration to ensure growers abided by local laws. Same thing the garment companies say when there's a child labor expose. Look, we just make lots of money selling this stuff. You can't expect us to be accountable for knowing where it comes from. And in other accountability news, on page A17 is the story that Brianna Suggs, the Eric Adams campaign fundraiser, whose home was raided by the FBI, is, despite Adams's declaration of full confidence in her, no longer in charge of his political fundraising. A person close to the campaign said Ms. Suggs was transitioning to a new role in the apparatus. The magic of the Adams administration is that could really end up meaning just about anything. Sooner or later, we'll find out. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.